Right. No, this is we're all rolling. This is all on. We're not screwing this one up. This one is all on. Who's hearing this? Oh, we're on the air. No, well, we're, we're on the air. We're rolling. Yeah. Oh, who am I talking with? Which two guys? Bo I'm Bishop Johnny. and Johnny Ginter, sir. Uh, oh, I, 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 I've heard of you. You're very good. <laughs> oh, you're lying, and I love how well you lie. It's so what did you think of that lie, by the way? It was excellent. No, it's not you... a lie. I, 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 I like your attitude. You have a nice voice. You're not arrogant, and you, you know, you know, you're. And I'm ready to go. I'm not going to blab. I'm just. How long? Let you ask me anything you want about any subject. I know it's mainly focused on on the Oval. And and how many uh, yeast infections I got in the summer of '67, <laughs> but fine. Let's start with this. Have every single so so my first recollection of you is a sitcom called Anything But Love that you were on with Jamie Lee Curtis. 1988, four and a half years. Yeah. Yeah, that was when you, you were. Yeah, a but you, boy, this yeah. show was this was my introduction to a, the the funniest wise ass as a little kid. Your form of humor was the fun. I just remember watching it. Over, I always watched it. Couldn't miss it. And the chemistry you, know, you had with Jamie Lee was fantastic. I'm, not- I'm going to just tell you this. Thank yeah. you. But by that time, I had done The Tonight Show with Johnny in 74. I did about 70 Letterman appearances. Mm-hmm. And this was, a, this was, even though Letterman broke me, to be seen by 20, 30 million people a week for four and a half years all of a sudden, I'm selling out Carnegie Hall and Town Hall, and it was that was, and then Larry, that was so Letterman, Jamie Lee Curtis, and then Larry David, uh, 17 years ago, asked me if I wouldn't mind playing myself. Which the only reason he asked me is because that if I had a problem is because I've done some dramatic roles. One, I'm in being a recovering drug addict for 23 years now. I, I was particularly fond of being getting the role in a movie Drunks, where I played a junkie and being in Leaving Las Vegas and for a scene and. So you know he understood, but I said I, I to turn Larry David down would have been the you know I, you wouldn't be talking to me now. I would have cremated myself twenty five different ways, and then I would have put my ashes over the Michigan Stadium to hex them. <laughs> can you can you so Curb is Curb your enthusiasm is my my favorite comedy of all time, and um, I, I've read I, so much of Larry. And I'm just I'm I'm a guest yeah. star. I'm on like half of them. I ask, I go on. I, I just love I the just, show so much. And Larry would never come back and do another season if he didn't think he had a better season. And so how does basically? The... And and he does. And I know this season, except for three episodes, he will not show me. And he thinks it's going to be. He he he's. I I just without him telling me, this is the greatest season of Curb of all time. Well, he waited a while to do it, so that's the expectation, right? So can... no, no, he no, because he wanted to write a play, and he had a movie right. he did for HBO, and and he was fried, you know. He did eight seasons, that's you know, and um, so he took his time, and you know, he had young kids growing up who were all you know in their t- middle twenties now, so you know, he you know, he got divorced, he went through a lot of stuff, so and then once he, once the play was done and he then he found out that he had an idea for 10 episodes which by the way he doesn't necessarily have to have an arc from 1 to 10 right. which I snuck out of him the other day I never ask him anything about the show never have like are you coming back you know I know him since we were born in the same hospital ward literally 70 years ago I was 3 years older and uh, he didn't like me I didn't like him <laughs> he beat me with his he took his his mother's umbilical cord and beat me with it I I wouldn't uh, is this on the air How how close how close is your actual relationship to what we see on television on curb It's exactly the same 
<laughs> and we have tremendous respect for each other, but we can't tolerate being with each, in each other's company for more than, I'd say, between 10 and 30 minutes. That's fair. Because so, I like to share everything that's on my mind. I've been, I was a therapy guy my whole life. My dad died when I was young. I didn't get along. My, parents, my brothers and sisters were out of the house. My mother had a lot of problems, but she meant well, I guess. And uh, she just couldn't help herself. So I had no family to really re rely on. So uh, I really needed comedy, you know. And um, that's why it was interesting. I mean, there's a lot of things to say. But, you know, Jonathan Winters became one of my best friends and became like a father figure to me. Phyllis Stiller was a huge fan of mine. and She was like a mother to me. And, I mean, the stories are endless. You know, Buster Keaton's widow was a fan of mine. And... So I was a very, I'm a very lucky guy. The stories are endless, but uh, Larry and I, we love each other. We have tremendous respect for each other, but because I like to share my feelings, it makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go to a busboy at Denny's and go, listen, I hope you get out of here fast. You know, I hope you become an architect. But by the way, you know, I had a problem last night with my wife. What do you think was wrong? You know, I mean, I need to do this, you know, to, and Larry, you know, you you'll never get you know heavy sh stuff from him. You know, he I, just, he's, got... he's just not built that way. I am. I need people to care. He I know Johnny. What? I, I'm yeah. jealous that he can live his life seemingly. I'm not 100 percent sure that he doesn't have to like you know cry on anyone's shoulder. Right. You know, I, I know... There's not enough shoulders in the world for me. I know so, Johnny wants to ask you about Ohio State, but I just want one more on Curb. Hey, um, go on, anything. Go, please. I just, the, the question I wanted to ask you, I, I just, the, the scene jumps into my head where you and Larry have the conversation about who has the best colon. And I'm curious how that comes to fruition. How do you get, how, do, how does that scene happen? How does that become an episode? Well, it didn't become an, an episode. It, it had to do, I, I'm trying to remember, I remember the scene. I yeah. said, I'll have well, a colon contest me. with you any day of <laughs> the week. Right. <laughs> and um, look, the deal is this: he has a, he has a six or seven page outline for every show, and and it has to have a beginning, middle, and end, just like any sitcom, any show, any drama, any comedy. So what the actors get every day, they get a scene, and the scene might have nothing to do with what the the episode's about, but it'd be like he would tell the cast, okay, uh, you know, we both we all need to go to the dentist. And one is one needs it more, and we're trying to say who needs it more. That's all we know. And then they say action. So I don't know what brought on the colon thing. Oh, I know what it was. It was, it was. I had a, a beautiful secretary who was watching right. Larry, and he was going to the bathroom all the time. That's right. So I said to Larry, I said, Larry, I said, and he hated, my, he hated that the the actress was my the, my, my secretary was watching Larry. So. Uh, he, I said, okay, fine, then, 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 then she won't care. And then he screamed, went crazy. I don't want her to care. I don't want her to watch my bowel movements. I don't want her to care. So, uh, and, then I, and, and then I said, then somehow we segued into a sentence, and I said, I, I, about, he, he said, I have a clean bowel, a clean colon. I went, yeah, I got a cleaner colon than you, and I'll have a contest with you any day of the week. And that's, it was just a word, a line, Brilliant. you know. Because it's all ad-libbed, so we just pray that we come up with things that are entertaining. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people just really love about the show, is that like it feels so naturalistic. Like You would have those conversations whether the camera's rolling or not. Um, oh, no, we ab absolutely. And, and, you know, as Larry was like, would like to say, 
you know, uh, and it was harder in the beginning because I was, you know, I wanted to come through for me and for amazingly for the show and the cast. He says, keep your he- keep a clean slate in your head. It's good rules for improvisational actors anyway. And I, you know, I didn't go to Second City, and I mean, I can improv, but I'm a stand-up, you know, and an actor. Right. But I, I, you know, I didn't study improvisation. So he said, look, just keep a clear, uh, just keep your head clean. Don't. Don't try to think of dentist things. Don't try to think of colon <laughs> things. Right. And uh, and I and and I got better and better. And 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 I was very proud of myself this year. He said I was as good this year as I was as I was better this year than ever. And and getting compliments. I don't mean to be boasting, but you know when you get a compliment, uh, you know from a Larry David and. Um, um, you know, we have this thing like we trust each other more than anyone on the planet. We really do, except for maybe my wife. You know, my, me and my, my I got married. Uh, I've known my wife 20 years, and um, but uh, we have little moments, private moments, where I will tell him how I really feel about his work and about his uh, his uh, his friendship, and and he would like say things I once did about a two-hour show in Martha's Vineyard. And he brought all these. It was star-studded. And the pressure was... I like the pressure, so it didn't matter. But right. I did about two hours, and I collapsed, basically, in the dressing room. And I just was lying down, and some of the celebrities, pardon me, and friends, you know, <laughs> not just celebrities. You know, I, I, I just, I, I'm just a regular guy, so I hate even that word. He came over and, 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 and whispered something very nice into my ear which, you know, I'll always hang on to, you know. So in other words, he's capable of saying great things and I'm capable of, of telling him what I think, but we don't make a habit of it. It would disgust him, you know, you know. Right. Well, let me ask you this, because, you know, you're... And he like, asked me anything. Are you supposed to ask What if, if you don't ask me, who am I supposed to do? Watch an old Muppet movie? I mean, how am I going to get a, say anything? All right. Well, let me ask you this then. So you're you're from New York City, from Brooklyn. You can ask me anything you, you want. I'm a Buckeye. Well, how do you end up? How do you? So okay. So how do you end up at Ohio State? What is your journey that takes you to there? And and why you know Ohio State? Why did you choose that? Okay. Well, number one, I had some friends who went to Ohio State. That helped. Okay. Number two, um, um, I, uh, I I lied to my family when I was six, fifteen on, telling them I was going to be a dentist. <laughs> you know, so they thought I was going to go, and I applied to a couple of schools. Ohio State. I had some friends. I loved the campus. I went there. It blew my mind. You know, uh, you know. I, I just, you know, it's just, it's one of the look. It's a beautiful campus, and it, and I knew that I wasn't. I was lying to my family, but I enjoyed copywriting and advertising. I used to get a kick out of copy uh, uh, commercials. And it, and it, and it makes sense. It's, it's very economical. If you do a fifteen or thirty second commercial, you got to sell the product. You got to be visual. You got to say the right words. Very few of them, and you got to end it with an. You know, you have to like with a punchline, but for a commercial. So I was really uh, enthralled by advertising. So I said, you know, if I didn't know what I was going to be, but I said, you know, maybe I'll be a copywriter. So I said, I'll go. I, and I and I found out that it, back in the day, and still that the Fisher School was one of the greatest business schools in the world. So I got in, and I got a degree in marketing. Unfortunately, uh, the irony is that even though I have a degree in business, I wind up getting screwed by over 300,000 agents. But, you know, (laughs) that had nothing to do with my degree, you know. But uh, I, I, I got a degree in business. I majored, I minored in art history, 
as I loved art, you know, you know, and um, um, and then at the end, I it was funny. I told my my you know my father. We were middle class, and I was lucky that my father paid for this, and uh, I was a very fortunate man, but a young kid. But at the, I didn't want to leave. It was, you know, it was the Vietnam War. It was a lot of activism going on. Right. And uh, I remember once they, you know, I, I, I was against the war. A lot of people were not against the veterans and the fighters. But, you know, I felt the war was a quagmire like like millions of other people have, have felt. And uh, I was afraid. And, um, and so I decided if I can just stay in school longer, I can, you know, put this off. And this is before the, uh, I was in the first lottery, and this is before the lottery came out. So I told my father, I said, I, the professor at, at the, uh, the in the PR department says I can get a master's in PR, and they knew I love movies and film, and I can get a, a minor in, in, in filmmaking. So I told my father, and I hear nothing on the phone, and I'm mentioning all these famous movies like, Clockwork Orange and, uh, you know, Dog Day Afternoon. You know, it was it was before Dog Day Afternoon. And my father's, nothing's coming out. My father was a kosher caterer. He, you know, not that he didn't like movies, but, you know, I'm saying, you know, The Pawn Broker and this. And, and, and I was naming all these famous movies. I love movies, Dad. I'm going to be able to be a movie maker. And he said one thing, come home. <laughs> He had no I was idea what I was talking about. I was you... mentioning all these foreign movies, like a very famous movie, Japanese, Kurosawa did the same. Yeah. I said, Kurosawa and John <laughs> Cassavetes. I just saw a John Cassavetes movie. I just saw a Truffaut movie called 400. I'm naming all these. I mean, to me, they were very important, and people who knew film knew them, but for a right. kosher caterer who focused, he was a genius, he couldn't give a... He, he cared far more about gefilte fish... <laughs> than Truffaut. Let me just so, put it that way. Were you so on Dad, I want to be a Truffaut, Cassavetes, Kubrick. <laughs> this is what I, my dream. He says, come home. <laughs> so I, uh, so, then the lottery happened a week later and I came out at number 352. Wow. So I was out of the draft. So, uh, but he never asked me though, interestingly enough, what happened to you? I thought you were going to be a doctor. I said, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I must have fallen on my head. I, I had no idea what I was talking about. You know, you I'm weren't on campus a... during the during the riots in 1970, then. Yeah, I was there during. I stayed an extra okay, nine right. months in college. I didn't want to come home, and I got some part-time jobs at Columbus. Okay. And I had a girlfriend at that time, and uh, and I had some rock and roll friends, so I didn't have to come home. I I earned my way. My, I said, Dad, I'm going to pay. You don't have to pay for anything. I'm going to work here, but I don't want to leave Columbus because I was afraid to come back to life. I didn't know what I wanted right. to be. So uh, I stayed in Columbus for 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 nine months, but it, it, it didn't really work out that well because uh, I eventually had to come home. And, uh, and I, I, you know, and I crazily tried to get a job as a copywriter. And I had a friend who knew all the big executives. I'm talking about the biggest executives on Madison Avenue. But when you're a young kid, you don't know what you're doing. Right. So I wrote a resume, not a resume, a portfolio of 12 commercials, okay? But I didn't know how to draw. I drew like a, a guy who should be getting shock treatment. <laughs> I didn't know what, what I was doing. So instead of like knowing I should go to a college and ask an artist, hey, I'll give you $100, can you draw this ad for me? 
I drew the ad like a second grader with box shoes and a, you know, three teeth and an <laughs> eye, one eye, and I would have all these interviews, and they would look at this thing and they would look look for the button under the desk. I call the police, call nine one one. We have a guy who's going to shoot me in the head, you know, because I, you know, so I never really got a job at a big ad agency. I got a job at a small ad agency, and then I became my father died. And I and I said I went right on stage and became a comedian and the rest is a long history. And but Ohio State we haven't discussed it, but it was the greatest time of my life. I I I, still, I went I graduated in '69. It was the most amazing time to be in college. I mean, it was it was very heavy with the Vietnam War going going on. But, you know, I was there when uh, we went undefeated with Rex Kern, who I consider a friend oh, of nice. mine. Um, and, um, uh, and you know, it was just un- unbelievable. And then about 12 years later, when I became well-known, I, I was Grand Marshal twice. Unfortunately, things changed a little different. I'm not blaming anybody, but there was some, you know, when Gordon Gee was president, Back when I was doing anything but love, I did everything the uh, college asked me. I was a, I was a television star, and I said whatever the college wants from me, I'll do. I'll do commercials. I'll do. You know, I, I was still an alcoholic, but I did binge drinking commercials because I knew how bad that was. Even though I was, you know, an alcoholic, I didn't get sober till 1994. And I did everything possible I could for Ohio State because I was so in love with the school, and it was so it was such a bit of freedom. But then, and I, you know, like I would go to, I would ask, you know, and I, and back, but you got to remember, like when I was there, a lot of the guys, like you know, the the athletic director, they were older guys, and they they all knew me, and they, you know, they knew me as a, a television guy, so. Whatever I would ask for a favor, like I was at the 2002 national championship game, when, you know, in Arizona, and I stayed at, you know, I stayed on the field, and I used to walk around, particularly with Gordon Gee and his ex-wife. We'd walk around halftime, and I'd be in my black coat and a scarlet and gray, uh, you know, uh, neck, not a necktie, you know, a scarf, and and the place went crazy. But then when everybody left, when Gee left, he went to Brown. And then, uh, the, uh, you know, and Archie Griffin, I consider, you know, I, I idolize a guy and a friend. But then things went south because, you know, someone tried to play a practical joke or whatever. But I, I, I had just written a book about my recovery, and I was, I was sober about nine years. And in, and um, I'm only bringing this up because it was a sort of a sad moment. And I have forgiven this guy, and he's probably still working there in the PR department. But he wrote in uh, one of the media guides. In the basketball media guy, they put Richard Lewis, actor, writer, comedian, drunk. Oh, and geez. it was unbelievable to me. I, and I was just about ready to do my book tour and being sober. And, uh, you know, I could have, you know, I was slandered. And it yeah. was a horror. It was one of the most, it was one of the worst moments of my life. But I decided not to sue the school because I just said, I'm just going to let it go. And uh, but what happened was everyone sort of leave. They got older and they left. And I I wasn't really asked to come back and do things. And this is like even after Curb. I mean, I was I was I was I I was, um, you know, Grand Marshal twice. And uh, but after after Curb came out, and this is 17 years ago, 
I don't know. I just never understood it. Maybe it was because a lot of the younger people in this, in this, because I'm a jock. I'm a love. I love. I'm yeah. not a jock anymore. You'd think they would. You know, everybody knows Curb, and but yeah. nobody was asking me. I won awards. I you know for being a, a lum, distinguished alumni, and then it just shut down. It just shut down, and I you know, and you know Archie Griffin called me once, and he wanted me to do him a favor about you know, forgiving somebody who did something. I said, Archie, for you, I do anything. You know, you're a god, and I and, and I love the guy. But, you know, I feel badly because in my in the prime of my career, I mean, even back then, you know, with Carnegie Hall and anything but love and, and concerts and about seven HBO specials, I was doing everything, you know, for the school. Anything right. they asked, I would do, and I would still do it. But then it just, they stopped doing it. They stopped asking me, and I had no idea why. I mean, I even forgave the guy who did that whatever reason to, to make a play a joke on me, you know, in that media guy. I think he still works at the school, and I, and I forgave him. And I started getting, you know, Herb Street, all these guys, Rex Reed, all these uh, not Rex Reed, you know, Rex Kern, all the guys, you know, who went to Ohio State were, you know, were fans of mine, and, and they wrote me letters, we're sorry this happened, and... You know, we love that you're an you know an alumnus here and all this stuff. But you know, and to this day, and I'm you know I have I haven't spoken about this in 17 years. But you know, and it's not about that one event. You know, sure. that was a tough, that was a bad time for for me because I had to decide because I was it was in every newspaper. Richard Lewis is drinking again. It was bad for my career. It killed. It was bad. You know, in USA Today, they had a bad picture of me. Lewis drinks on campus. You know, it was a nightmare. It was in everywhere, variety. You know, it's just because of one stupid comment by for some stupid reason. But I forgave this person. He knows that. Uh, and I and I told Archie, listen, I'm not God. You know, let this guy have his work, his job back. I don't, you know, God bless him. You know, um, you know I said, but... Uh, you know, and you know, and and the and the new. Uh, I'm just not close with. You know, I'm a I'm a sports junkie. You know, and I did. I went to all the games, and you know, I used to sit and I used to sit, in, you know, in the stands, and and you know, and uh, I, even though I didn't, uh, and, and I used to go halftime and go around and walk around and do, you know, and I always used to say I wanted to be script Ohio. I wanted to dot the I, and I didn't. And I wanted to sit on. I wanted to sit on a, on a instead of holding the, uh, the. What is it? The tuba. What What does he play? Yeah, the sousaphone. <laughs> What's it called? The sousaphone. Yeah. Yeah. The sousaphone. Yeah. Whatever. I, I don't think I'll ever <laughs> pronounce that again. But uh, I wanted to lie on a therapist couch and dot the eye that way. You know. And, uh, <laughs> But you know, well, no, you know like, if they asked, would you do it, Mr. Lewis? I feel badly I brought this up, but no, the no, thing no, that no. I miss most is don't that feel, I, I, I decided it's... not to sue my alma mater because yeah. it was the greatest four and a half years of my life. You I know, had an you, amazing, you shouldn't feel uh, bad. An amazing education, and uh, I made uh, friends to this day that I'm still great friends with, and a couple of people. You know, for either didn't know me. I remember, you know, back in, you know, back when I was doing, you know, well, I'm still doing TV. I mean, you know, this is the 17th year Curb is on, other than the five-year hiatus Larry took. You know, every kid who's, you know, knows Larry and Seinfeld and Curb, and you know, there was so much I could do for the school, and uh, and people just stopped asking me, and I said, you know, fine, you know, I I didn't invent the printing press, and I'm not Thurber. <laughs> 
But, you know, I mean, but, but I knew that it was cool. I knew how the football players, and I'm friends with a lot of the football players, and we, we DM with each other on, you know, and, and Herb Street was so great to me. He put me on on his show when, when this thing happened. You know, like I, in other words, there was a handful of mistakes that were made, but the thing I miss the most is not being asked, not that I'm, you know, any, I didn't invent any vaccines or anything, but you try to find a comedian uh, you know, from that, from Ohio State, who has worked for 49 years as a comic, and who has talked about Ohio State in a million times. I even brought the Buckeye head, and, and made Letterman put the Buckeye, you know, uh, you know, the Buckeye head on his uh, on the show. I mean, I couldn't love a, a, a school more than I, and I will till the day I die. And I just, it's a shame that I'm not being able to help students. You know, and 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 you know, and you know, you know, people will say, "Well, why don't you do this?" I'll say, "I can. I have a show." That oh, he's full of it. I'm not full of it. It just, it just, the request stopped when I became more and more well known. And it's, it's a, it's almost like Rosebud in in, in Citizen Kane. It's like, what happened? What happened? You? you know, you know, you know. It's like you know, the sled has uh, Richard Lewis's name on it, and Larry, and picture of me and Larry David, and. I remember I took Larry David to the Rose Bowl, and I said, "Larry, I, I'll just let me just tell you this story. I think yeah. it's great because I, you know, this is back in the uh, and I, I'm trying to think who was the quarterback, and we were playing Purdue, who had a great, great quarterback, and we had a great quarterback. And um, I said, "Larry, I have, you know, and this was when Gordon Gee was, was first time. I think he came back a second time. I'm sure, pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had an, I had a pass." to go into the booth. I said, no, let's sit in the stands. So I said, Larry, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick you up. And this is, it sounds grandiose, but I wanted to have fun. I said, I'm going to pick you up in a white stretch. They're going to pick you up. Then they're going to pick me up. We're going to go to the Rose Bowl and we can, and you'll have a, you'll have to wear this around your neck just in case we want to sit upstairs with the big shots with the uh, athletic director. I was Geiger at the time. Uh, I don't know if uh, I haven't spoken to him, and I don't even know if he's around. But I, you know, he was a great friend of mine, and he was, and um, and at any rate, we go to the game, and we're walking into the, and we and we have our little pass, and I went to the foot, the the, the roast beef eating thing, and you know, and watching all the players, I'm trying to think of the guy who was, I might be in the Hall of Fame. He was a center for Ohio State. He weighed three hundred and nine thousand pounds, and I saw him eat four hundred roast beefs. It was, I, you know, he was eating them so fast that I heard a cow moo that they were afraid they were going to die if he ate one any more, any more roast beef. I don't even know if roast beef is from a cow. So we get to the game, and it's drizzling out, and we're losing by six points, okay, toward the end of the game. But it's raining, and I, and I was sober at that point. It was like 1996 or seven. I was sober about two years. And it's starting to pour out. And I didn't care. You know, I'm a Buckeye. But everyone's passed. Hey, Richard, have some beer. They didn't know I was. You know, they didn't care. You know, they didn't mean me. Hey, have a drink. Have a drink, Richard. Hey, love you, babe. Love you. And Larry was getting like enough of this. I can't take it. It's raining. They're screaming my name out. So I said, Larry, I'll tell you what. Let's go up to the stand. We'll sit with Gordon, President Gee. And he says, how do we do that? I said, well, you got the thing around your neck. It's an all-access pass. He lost the pass. 
That's and an this episode. Is Ten minutes into the game, <laughs> I said, "You've got to," be, and it's pouring. I said, "You've got to be kidding me." He said, "No, I don't know. Where is it?" I said, "Where is it? There's 120,000 people here. You schmo, <laughs> you moron." So we 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 have to leave the game. I'm heartbroken. You know, this is you know how often does Ohio State come to the Rose Bowl? Yeah, that was so against that was against I'm Arizona. So pissed. I'm so po'd at Larry. We oh my go, god. We, we're the only two people walking out of the stadium. And here's what the vision is. It's a white it's a white stretch about a hundred feet long. And the the and we were supposed to be in the game for three hours, right? We're only away for ten minutes. So the the limo driver is vacuuming the car, all the doors are open, he's putting in new snacks, new Snickers. I mentioned Snickers because I did a Rose Bowl commercial and I mean a Super Bowl, <laughs> I like to mention them in case they want me again. Just just joking. So we get there, and the and the and the guy says, "What are you guys doing?" I said, "This moron dropped his all access pass, and they wouldn't let us in. You know, we couldn't go up. You know, and so I said, just drop me up at my house.' And I got back to my house in Hollywood in about twenty minutes. There was no traffic because you know it was like t- I see the last three quarters." And we make a run at the end of the game, and we win the game by a point. And then they drive, they drive Larry home. I, I didn't speak to him for a few months. So, <laughs> and you know, so you know, the deal is, you know, uh, you, you know, I, I, the the point is that you know, Larry David has screwed so many games for me <laughs> that uh, I if I would never go to a an Ohio State game with him ever again because. You know, when I was watching that game, and we, and I wish I knew the name of the quarterback, it was in the middle, Joe late Germain. 90s. Huh? Joe Germain. Joe Germain. Yes, I think it was. And we yeah. might have been playing Purdue. I'm not sure. But that was Arizona we, State. But, yes, and we, were, and we were going down the field, yep. and they won. They won the game. Right. And I'm watching it in my kitchen eating a fruit salad. I wanted <laughs> to kill Larry and his family. It was unbearable. But... Uh, I, you know, I want to apologize to the person I mentioned. To athlete, the new athletic director has done great. We have we have the famous coach, uh, and all of that stuff. And you know, and our expectation level is sort of like you know, I'm a New Yorker, and I'm you know, and uh, once I moved out to L.A., I hated all L.A. teams, so I rooted for every New York team. But in the '90s, when the Yankees won five championships, you, you know, your expectation level was always so high. And now with this coach and you know, I was heartbroken when we lost the other day, but you know, you know, the deal is, uh, I really only care. I mean, sure, I want to be in the top four, and that's cool. And if we win out, we have a shot, and all of that stuff. But beating Michigan, I have not missed a Michigan game since 1965, since I that's knew awesome. I was get, I got into Ohio State. I have watched, I don't know how many years, 75, 85, 95, 105, 115, 54 years, I have, I have not missed one Michigan game. And awesome. I cannot tell you, when I would play Michigan, they would boo me and heckle me. i go, screw you. You're not going <laughs> to ever beat us again. I didn't, I didn't care if I bombed. I, I, I wore a flak jacket when I went on stage. I didn't care. And I don't think we've lost to them in what, in the last eight years? Am I wrong? It's been a while. It's been a while, it's been yeah. A while. Been a while. And, I, and that co- and and their coach, he's too arrogant for my. They're all arrogant because they're so great. But I love beating this new Michigan coach. I I want. I never want him to beat Ohio State ever. 
I can't bear him. I can't bear him. I like the players. I hope they get a good education, but I hope they fumble and <laughs> drool on themselves and, uh, and and have horrific games when they play us. And 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 wherever I'm, when I'm when I'm on the road and I'm playing and I'm and I have a show, I make sure the hotel you know tapes the show for me because. There's nothing more depressing than not watching, and I and I don't put on the radio. I don't put on. I you know I don't want to know. I don't want to know who win. I guess my point is, I apologize for bringing up that past thing, but it was really an important thing for me because one, I did everything asked for me because I love the university more than anything, uh, even though we have to say the now, and I'm confused, <laughs> and it made me go back to therapy for a while. Therapist says, "Why are you back? You're 70." Well, I have to say, the Ohio State University, and it got me confused, and and I and I almost drank again. She says, "What are you talking about?" Well, I didn't you go to Ohio State? No, I didn't go to Ohio State. I went to the Ohio State University. She says, "What are you talking about?" So the therapist almost killed herself. It was a horrible moment. The whole the thing, but the guy who who played some kind of joke on me. I'm pretty certain wrote me a letter. This is back in 19, this is 2000. So I don't even yeah. know where this guy is, but I, you know, I was asked whether I cared whether he came back. I went, of course I don't care if he comes back. People, I've made a million mistakes, particularly when I was an alcoholic, and I made my amends. He made his amends. You know, I'm not that close with the new, the, the, uh, I remember meeting, I went to a, a higher state function, meeting the new uh, athletic director. What's his name again? I'm, I'm blanking. Gene Smith. Yeah, Gene. And, yeah. you know, he was a young man when I met him. And I and I went there just basically to see Archie because, you know, Archie is, you know, it's Archie, you know. Right. And he introduced me to the new athletic director. And quite frankly, I don't think he had a clue who I was. I think he thought I was Carrot Top, <laughs> you know. So, it's, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with injustice. luck, you know. I think, you know, because I would ask to go to the games. And, like, you know, when I went to the game in 2002 with that young guy who, unfortunately, was still, go, you know, who was the guy who had problems and, you know. Maurice oh, Claret. Yeah. But, you know, I went to that game and I was I was on the field. And that that's because, you know, I, I knew everybody. You know, I knew the coach, and I and I knew the athletic director. But when things change, it's like yeah, everything else, like in show business. When 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 networks change, their their everything changes. They they like to do things differently. Right. And and, I, and one thing I want to say about the athletic director, who's done a, a, an amazing job, is that you know uh, the bottom line is I remember once I wanted to go to a, I wanted to go to one of the national championship games. And he said through, I think through Archie, because I don't think I've ever spoken to this guy, who I like, you know, I don't dislike him. Uh, he says, I have to give my tickets to the former ball players. Mm. And I said, I said, that's cool, and they deserve to go before me. But the one thing that you don't understand, and I have a degree in marketing, is that it's an important, it's, it's cool for the students to see Richard Lewis from Curb yeah. Uh, and you know, and HBO, and all these, and for all these years, and their family watching me right. walk around, you know, and screaming, "Go Bucks!" Right? They, you know, they forgot that for the last fifteen years, and that, and my feelings aren't hurt, but it's a big mistake. Well, you know, I wanna, uh, you I'll tell you something. Would you allow? Would you allow us to write it? 
Like, would you, if they asked, because I think, I mean, I think we know the people, like if, if, if yeah. they asked you to dot the I, would you do it? Dot the I? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't want to take it away from the, uh, from the xylophone guy, but, uh, <laughs> I, I would no, but like I mean, to, they've done that. I, I would, uh, look, that, I was already you know? grand marshal twice. Uh, and so I wouldn't be grand marshal again, although Curb's coming back, it would have been a great time. You know, I don't know if you, I think, I think I'd be the only guy ever to be, I would do anything for the school. It's a shame though, because Curb now is as hot as it's ever been. Yeah. You know, everyone is waiting for it. But yeah, dotting this... the I, I think it would be taking, it would be, you know, I would have to, I, you know, I would do other things for the university. And I don't have to go to the games, by the way. It's not so much, but I'm such a jock. I mean, I, you know, I love sports so much that, you know, I mean, I, I would go to, you know, uh, you know, I, I guess I, I opened a door that I never, I promised myself I wouldn't. I'm not angry at anybody. No, no I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because there's a lot of stuff with Ohio State that we discuss on this show related to that kind of thing. I mean, we, you know, Chris Spielman, you know, linebacker from the 80s, you know, sued. And I talked to Chris. That's, Chris that's and I are friends. We, we, we yeah. you know, we, we Twitter each other. See, yeah. and, and who is the guy who is quarterback who's an actor now? He was he was there when I was there in 1997. Uh, he was a f- great fullback. He played in the pros. Oh, he's about Eddie George? Yeah, Eddie, Eddie, he's a, you know, he's a fan of mine. I, you know, in other words, I'm friends with all these guys, but it turned out just a handful of people can keep you from, like, you know, you know, keep you from, from no, doing I mean, anything for the like school. Said, that's, and, that's an important and part of the... And I look at who, who's the story. alumni, and I go, look, I'm just a comedian. I'm an actor, and I'm a comedian. I, I didn't do anything so special. I'm just, you know, but it's special for the kids. It's yeah. special for a 19-year-old to meet Richard Lewis who's on curb and talk about, uh, I have the cleanest colon in America. I mean, it's, they, and you know, and I never, I never understood as a marketing major. And I was a copywriter for a while when I was working as a young comedian is that they don't get it, man. You know, particularly the last 15 years, you know, I would, you know, you know, it's not like I have a million, I'm 70 now. It's not like I, you know, getting on a plane, I'm lucky that I need a gurney meeting me when I, you know, but I, you know, but the point is, I, I'm not angry at anybody. My four and a half, my four, and I stayed an extra year was the best time of my life. And uh, I, 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 I have talked about Ohio State to thousands of newspapers and radio shows. I always bring up Ohio State, the Ohio State University. So I'm not, I'm not angry at anybody. It's just that I can't believe that when I look at the people that are, you know, that, you know, you see, you'll see a guy like who died in 1811. He invented the locomotive engine. <laughs> I go, you know, fine. You know, <laughs> and then I look at other little, I say, who else, who else is it? Well, you know, Thurber is Thurber and there's some other people. And I go, right. and then a guy who invented, who invented a seesaw for, for astronauts. I went, wait a minute. <laughs> a seesaw for astronauts. What about me? Yeah, I've been on Curb Your Enthusiasm since 2000. Is they know the kids, kids, you know, it's more about what what you know. I used to do a lot of commercials, TV commercials, and radio commercials. Hey, this is Richard Lewis. I love the Bucks. Go Bucks! And then I, you know, I know a lot of the executives from 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 Fox and from NBC, and and they would ask me. You know, I always remember this because Eddie George was doing the pregame for one of the, for the national championship game, so they had me. They had me, and then they had a. We were playing. Who was it? Was he was oh, on the Dallas Cowboys? He was on the Dallas Cowboys. He was a running back, and he was phenomenal. Emmett Smith. 
I think it was Emmett. I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah, Ohio State, Florida. That would have All been right. t- yeah, so 2007. They had, so yeah. George is a fan of mine, and and I was and I was a Grand Marshal his last year. So I I did this really funny bit. And then they had somebody else from uh, from the uh, the other school that I think it was Emmett Smith or someone else, but. So Emmett Smith says on the air, that's all you can get is Richard Lewis. And I went nuts. I shot the screen with a pellet gun. I went, I said, Eddie, you better stick up for me because you can beat the crap out of this little bastard. You know, I was so angry. But it was all, but see, I didn't care. It was all for fun. Right. And, you know, yeah. they, and they, cho- you know, Fox chose me. You get Richard Lewis. Who are they going to get? The guy who invented the teacup? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, but there's nothing for you to do. I love the university. I'm glad that that everything is. I, I forgot this as soon as it happened. It was a bad time for me because I had been sober for four or five years, and all of a sudden people think I'm drinking and doing drugs again. So that mm. was really difficult because it was in all the newspapers, and that was embarrassing and it was slanderous. But I have forgotten. I forgot the guy. I forgot everybody. I you know I love the school and and I'm you know I'm and thanks for. You know, thanks for saying what you said, but, you know, I, I just want to be clear that I have no, I, I, I hold no grudges, um, and I and I just, and I'm in love with the university, and I just still don't, don't understand. I don't need to go to games and stand on the field, although I did say once, hey, you mean to say that, I, that, that there's not enough space? And I knew the rules, 20 yards away from the players, 20 <laughs> yards to the west. And to the, I knew, I mean, I knew everything. Don't talk to anybody. You know, I put tape on my mouth. I did everything. <laughs> I said, you mean to say that I can't go to the championship game? This is another championship game. I can't go and go and run around halftime and scream, go Bucks." <laughs> and they said, well, no, we have, a, we, we, we don't have another ticket. I go, I don't, I'll pay whatever it costs, but... I know I can't talk to anybody, and they wouldn't let me do it. And it no. was just shocking to me. Well, I You know what? Maybe I really needed to get this off my chest. Yeah, I, don't think I, I'm really I, I did so much and, for this university you know, yeah. when, back in the 80s and the 90s. And then when Curb came, everything shut down. And I said, why? You know, what the hell, man? I don't get it, you know? I even brought on, when Clinton was president, I was on the Oval during a thunderstorm and brought Clinton on with Gore. Oh, wow. Because, you know, I, I, work for, I work for President Clinton and Gore, you know, when, they, when he was president. So, you know, he came to Ohio State. Who else are they going to ask? The guy who invented the sofa? <laughs> right. I mean, come on. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I think um, I, I think I, I didn't I didn't know any of this. I know Johnny didn't either, and I, I just think it'd be great for on, you to come why home. Why don't you Google it? You can Google Richard Lewis. Well, I was aware of the drunk thing. I remember. I was aware of that. That's a story that's that I've heard. I never, obviously, never from your mouth. But but I, but, but you what can I would say how is I felt. I, I'm doing a book tour about my sobriety yes. after yeah. over four that's years, and now and in every newspaper, Richard Lewis is doing drugs yeah. again. I mean, right, that's, that's pretty ridiculous. bad. That's pretty bad. If, if you're, if you're interested, I, I just would love to, for, to, for you to come back and I would love for, uh, I think I know the pe- I know the people that can, can make it happen. And I, I just think it'd be but great to bring I you do? back. I, and, I've, and, I've already you know, forgiven everybody and I don't need to go to no, games. Just, you know, it, no, I know you don't want to go, but I, I like to I'd help the to students you. learn. I learned that's a lot about my life. I became a man at Ohio State. So you know, and I also now that I'm, I've been sober for almost a quarter of a century, and drinking is such an—it's uh, it, so horrible what it right. does to people. 
that I would love to be able to speak, you know, and, yeah. and, and to, you know, the students, I'm not going to, you know, I'd be the last guy to ever get a, to get a doctorate there, believe me, because I <laughs> rambled. People will start screaming if I ever did that. But, you know, there are a lot of venues where I can play, you know, in the union. And, you know, I could do a lot for a lot of students. I've learned a lot. That's all I'm Not saying. just because I'm a, I'm a celebrity, sorry. Right. But no, because no, I, no, but you're I right. got a great education. I learned a lot. I was on my own for the first time. I became a man. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, and, and you know, and, I, and they just haven't used me, you know. And it's not, it's not you know. The only bad thing I ever did was I had a fight with uh, with the with um, with what's his name? Who's our mascot? I'm blanking. Brutus. Yeah, Brutus. The first time I was uh, the first time I was Grand Marshal, I went over to Brutus. I went, God, you have your underarms stink. <laughs> and that was a mistake because then he started throwing some quick jabs at me, and so. They had some pictures of me having a fist fight with Brutus, and that wasn't what a grand marshal should do. That that was my fault. That was my only mistake. Telling Brutus I, he had bad underarm odor, but you know, well, I, I, you're one I, of the I'm greatest. Not perfect. And who's God? No. You know. Well, right. You're, you're one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time. You're you're on the funniest show, in my opinion, in the history of television, which is as popular now as it's ever oh, been, especially with the streaming services. Well, I don't know. That you know, I don't know what we can. I, I don't. I don't have to do anything to, to to share my love with the university. You know, I think the athletic director is fantastic, and I, we have one of the greatest coaches in history. You know, I hope that we win out and uh, and certainly beat Michigan, no matter what happens. And I will be in front of that. I will be in front of that screen. I don't go to that many games anymore. It's, sometimes it's tough, or I'm I'm on tour, or I'm acting. But you know, the bottom line is nothing makes me more prouder than being sober, having a good wife, being a comedian, and being a graduate from Ohio, the Ohio State University. And and those four things are the most important things. So I have no regrets and nothing negative to say. So you should really know that. I I really want you to know that. Well, what I think we know from this, sir, and we've taken far too much of your time, but um, that that your love for the university is one that has has lasted a lifetime. Um, The ninth season of Curb Your Enthusiasm starts October 1st. You're currently, uh, there's some tour dates as well uh, coming on Tracks of My Fears. Yeah, yeah, the Tracks of My Fears. I'll be playing, uh, you know, Artie Lang and me are playing together in Florida, in Cocoa Beach, Florida, in in a couple of weeks. Two recovering drug addicts. I think in Vegas they're saying, who's going to live? During the show, <laughs> Richard, and I pray that Richard Lewis to... online for for tour dates, and you're a great Twitter follow as well at the Richard Lewis. Um, sir, this yeah, was a great Richard pleasure. Lewis. Listen, you guys are fabulous, and thanks for letting me ramble on like I usually do. And no, uh, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and listen, best of luck with your career, and go Bucks. Go Bucks. Perfect, All right, sir. Baby, take care. Yeah, Thank that was you. excellent. Thank you. You're, you're my pleasure.